Abba Yahweh, another new day. Thank you, Father God. And any word that I share in your truth, your knowledge and wisdom, Father, always your truth, knowledge and wisdom that you feed to me so that I can feed to others, Father God, and I am blessed by your utilizing me as your conduit, Father God, that I absorb these blessings that I put out for others, Father God. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So I'm pouring some thoughts over these ideals and ideas that I hear and the, <laughs> quite honestly, the whining and crying and wanking and, and even when I find myself in the thought process going in my mind, because I don't feel like I want to go to work. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting older and I'm getting tired. And, and, but the thing of it is that the Lord is my strength through all things. And he may have me, he may want me to work until I'm a hundred and something. It, it's not, it's not up to me. If I had a choice, I'd be like just about every other person that I've seen around me. They reach every retirement age and they just don't want to do anything. Yeah, okay, they put in time and all that stuff. That's terrific. I'm not, I'm not diminishing anything that that other trying to that others have done. But there are some that are just um, they put in real good hard work and they've they've toiled for their families and done that and and then they take their retirement. They take that time off. And that's, that's commendable. But there are those, there are those, just like I've shared with you. Everything I share, there is a plus and minus factor to it. Every pastor is not what I have decided to start labeling the theological wizard, okay? The theological wizards are the ones that have determined that their degree has got to be reported on every opportunity and every turn, and they take every opportunity and every turn that they can to remind people that they have a doctorate. Unlike some who are maybe introduced as that way, and that's fine, and you, you, that's commendable. I mean, I love the fact that these individuals have put that time and they went that route. And many called that route, and some have decided, and God has honored their their um, their decision to go that way, and He honors that, and He blesses that. And then there are those that have done so, and then have found that along the way that they can get a lot of attention, that they can make money, and and they have changed it and twisted it to something dark and deceitful, and. Um, there are those that have become very pharisaical in their ideals. They get that degree, and now they are smarter than everybody else on the planet. I I can't help going back to this. <clears throat> I didn't know what he was until later on, I was told. But a university professor, and we were talking about theories dealing with quantum physics and travel through space and, and different things. And then uh, he had some of his... Associates and we were having a conversation and and uh, we were at a coffee shop. We were on the patio, and the conversation was going one way. And then when they asked what I did, and then I told them they, it was 
it was as if the dial had been turned and some of them actually physically turned away and spoke with him and purposely went by me and wouldn't even, all of a sudden I was not included in the conversation. And he put a quash to that really quick. He said, you don't know what you're doing because he understands a lot more than you're willing to give him credit for. So he started conversing with me. And when they heard what we were talking about, all of a sudden they were, they were fairly astonished. So that's not trying to brag on me. I guess it is, but I wasn't making a big deal of what I said. Hey, wait a minute. I know what you're talking about. I can't, I didn't, it was not that big of a deal to me. And he didn't treat me any differently because I didn't have the degree in physics that he did. And physics is actually kind of an interesting and marvelous thing. I don't understand at all because I didn't f pursue that direction. I was pursuing other things, marine biology and veterinary. And anyway, the point that I'm trying to make, forgive me for that, Father, I... You know, I I don't want to vaunt myself in any way, shape, or form. And I try to be very cautious in doing that. But <clears throat> the individuals that put more um, having a difficult time thinking of the word I want for it, but they put more credence in the degree that they they earn than in teaching about God and what the reasoning was that they pursued that degree anyway. And then there are some, like I said, they, yeah, they put out that, the money for the degree, but they've also found that they can make a great deal of money. And I shared that with you, the church that I walked out on, the Holy Spirit just took me and walked me out of it. But the point is, brothers and sisters, that it is about the word of God and not by what we perceive as our authority and we perceive as our um, intellect and what we perceive as our process. It doesn't come from mammon. Everything that we have are or do is because of God, God's grace, God's gift and his blessing that we would even the grace that we draw breath in the morning and the mercy that he allows us to keep it. And we have not earned this station. Brothers and sisters, we have not earned this position, the station that we're in. The Lord God, we are saved by grace, by his grace and mercy. <clears throat> I'm gonna share some others, things, points that had just been going through my mind and and kind of perfectly talking about it and and, uh, and it's somewhat troubling because I see and I hear this going on all the time and those label heads and those self-proclaimed Christians that claim to be something that they're not is um, it kind of troubles my heart but the thing of it is that God knows and this is this is directly related to Isaiah forty twenty nine. Sorry, brothers and sisters, I'm gonna flip back over it right quick because I didn't mark it. 
I didn't intend to share from there, but uh, if we go to Isaiah 40, and we go to verse 29, and this is God is, um, actually I'm going to read from 28 to 31. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard <clears throat> that the everlasting God, the Lord of creation and the ends of the earth, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is for you label heads and you self-proclaimed hypocrites that stand out there and whine and cry about having to share the gospel and say, I just don't feel up to it today. Well, let me share this with you. And am I calling you out? You better know it. It's a good thing that Jesus, my Lord, my King, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, didn't tell God our Father and just say, you know, I'm not feeling it today. Father, I'm I'm feeling a bit under the weather and you know yesterday I was on the hillside and people just kept coming and coming and you know I uh, healed a lot of people and I did a lot of that stuff. I'm just wore out today. I'm just wore out. So maybe we can put off this beatitude thing that we were talking about. Maybe we can just set that aside for today. And you know, since we're on that subject, I've been kind of thinking about this crucifixion deal that, that I originally agreed to. You know, I know I said I'd go. I know I said that I'd die on the cross. I know that I said I'd let him beat me nearly to death. I, I know we agreed on all that. I'm kind of having second thoughts. You know, I, I know that we agreed on this. <clears throat> does that sound a little ridiculous and far-fetched? Well, yes, it does. It is meant to because that's how ridiculous and far-fetched that, that you make excuses for not sharing the gospel, not teaching the word, not edifying and praying and doing all those things that we are simply asked to do. <clears throat> it's not that big of a task. It really isn't. Well, you know, I I don't, I don't, talk so good. I get really nervous in front of people. Well, then take somebody with you. Oh, let's go back over here to Moses and Aaron, shall we? <clears throat> Moses dumped a whole bunch of excuses on God at the burning bush. You know that Moses had a speech impediment and he had issues. Did you realize that? Did you read that in the Bible? Did you even read that? Did you even read the Bible? There are those individuals that claim to be and they walk around carrying the Bible, thinking that they're going to absorb their Christianity by carrying it. And these are those that are not 
willing to read the scripture, help others to understand it. But yeah, Moses had a speech impediment, and this is one of the excuses of the many that he laid on God for not being the one to go back to Egypt. God decided that he was going to go. And he took Aaron, he said, oh, well, you have a good valid point there, Moses, except here's my solution. You take your brother Aaron with you. Yeah, because see, Aaron Aaron is, uh, he's an eloquent speaker. He does pretty well. You handle the the staff and you do all that that I'm going to present and you're going to handle that part. But you tell Aaron that he speaks exactly what I tell you and you tell him. Period. No embellishment, no hyperbole, nothing, nothing. Just exactly what I tell you. That's it. Well, guess where Moses went? Yep, that's right. He went back to Egypt where he had choked to death one of those Egyptian slave drive taskmaster masters that was beating the Hebrew. Remember that when Moses tried to intercede when two Hebrews were fighting one another, oh, are you going to do to us like you did to that Egyptian? <laughs> immediately, immediately disregarded the fact that <clears throat> that he was st- he, that he stood up for them, and he was protecting them from this guy who was going to beat them to death. Immediately forgot about that, and then turned on him. And was going to threaten to let him out, which is what he was afraid of, which is why he ran away. Which is why he ran off. But look where it got him, right back into Egypt. Ran from it and ended up back there. And I'm going to share something else from direct reading from my my mentor who shared this. Um... Interesting name she had, too. She's Chinese. They called her Christiana Tsai. And this woman was born in 1890 and died in 1984. Do the math. Lady was old. And she was converted... Christianity in a missionary school in China which is a hard place to go I've shared with you before brothers and sisters that there are camps they have internment camps they call them they like to call them other things which um, we have members of the socialist party that are residing in this country that are some people don't want to hear it some people don't want to see it and i I fought against this in my mind for a long time that this is not possible, not in my country, not in this country that I serve, not in this country that I lived in, not in this country where I was born and raised, but guess what? It is. They are building what they call re-education camps. In China, the re-education camps, they take these individuals away from their families and because they will not renounce 
their faith in God and they will not renounce the Lord Jesus Christ. They pack them up and they send them off to re-education camps. And the ones that they have the most difficulty with, they send them farther north and they're not seen or heard from again. And they have information that has been leaked out that these individuals have martyred have been martyred. They have been beheaded. Their heads have been cut off because they won't renounce God and their faith in God and their Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, these re-education camps, they lop their heads off. These individuals are martyred. That happens. In the Mideast, it happens. In this country, in what used to be called the United States of America, and a lot of people say, oh, who's this guy? Well, no, get your knickers in a twist. Yeah, seek offense, you'll find it, because I'm going to stay right on that track. What used to be called the United States of America, and you look around in reality and truth, and you see how much derisiveness there is that's going on in this country between political parties, between political states, between individuals, it's, you know, here's the thing though, when the churches gather together and they pray to the Lord God Almighty and we repent and we ask forgiveness, it can be healed. God tells us that if you cry out unto me and repent of your wicked and vile ways, I will hear your voice, I will hear your cries and I will restore your nation. That's in the Bible. That's his word and his truth, his knowledge and his promise. But are there individuals that are willing to do that, to gather in one voice and send that up? There are, but there's a lot that are just happy and content. They keep following the laws that are being pandered and they're willing to just kind of go down that little path And that's unfortunate. But anyway, back to this. This woman, Christiana Tsai, she was converted to Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior at the mission school. Now, her family, of course, they were um, probably uh, Buddhist or whatever they were following. They were very angry with her. And yet, as time progressed on, this young woman was able to win 55 of her family members over to Christ. In 1930, she fell ill from malaria and it left her pretty, pretty bad. She became overly sensitive to light and noise bothered her and troubled her. So they kept her in a dark room and uh, they put her in this darkened room in this place that she stayed from 1931 until she died in 1984. So. For 53 years, she was confined to darkness and sound subduing room. But this woman, 
despite the illness, people would come to see her and she did not, she would not allow anybody to go away. And she didn't have anybody sent home, but she was basically what, what he's indicating is that she was using her bed was her pulpit. And there were people that came from different parts of the world to come and visit her because they had heard of her. And no matter how she was feeling, she rarely sent anyone away without seeing them. And we like to be well. We like to be better and stronger. And you know, I'm sitting here. I'm I'm sitting here thinking about. Um, and kind of shamefully, um, times where I just don't want to feel like going in to my employee and it, at times I just, um, but here's the thing too. Not only is it a physical fatigue, but a mental fatigue because of the indiscretions that I witness daily, the, um, the absolute flaunting, if you will, of, of their lack of integrity and in the things that are going on and contrary to the protocols and things that have been pointed. But you know what? I don't work for them. I may appear that I'm working for them, but God brought me here. God delivered me and God set me up on this, this uh, March mission or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter because what matters is his validation and I share this with you often it doesn't matter what you say when I tell when I say things like you know I don't care that's not being I'm not doing it to be hurtful or um, it's just that my respect for the validation of my Lord God Almighty and his valuation that he places on me matters much more than it does than yours does he is my sovereign, he is my Lord, he is my King, he's my love, he's my God. And he sent his only begotten son who was with him from the beginning and brought the word of truth here and we crucified him because we were at enmity with God. And despite the fact that we were at enmity with him and despite the fact that I was blindly wandering, he came because he was thinking about me when he came. And despite that, he came for me anyway. So when he asked me to share his word, his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom, I'm willing to sit back and say, God, guide my steps, guide my words. Holy Spirit, teach me. Because it's your truth, knowledge, and wisdom, and this is not about me. This is about you. So isn't it great? Here we have this woman who would have liked to have been well, but she didn't worry about her sickness, her illness, and the disease that she had, malaria that would stay in her system. And all those concerns are, are a natural, it, it's a natural thing. We, we want that. 
And God doesn't, God doesn't dispute that. And he doesn't, he doesn't argue that point and he, he's not going to point his finger. Remember, there is no blame and condemnation and ridicule and degrading or belittling from God. The only thing that will happen is that the Holy Spirit will take your heart and you, and, and make you think of the, and it's the conviction of your heart and you make the decision to change. Remember, God made us with a free will choice. God knows that this is a process that goes on in our mind. But we have to remember that God is our strength. And just like I read in Isaiah there, he will take us on wings to heights beyond our imagination. That we cannot understand the depth of his knowledge. We cannot understand. It's beyond our finite mind to understand these things. Even when I read them out in the scripture plainly, his truth and his knowledge and the words to you, there are individuals that can't comprehend it. So in my other reading, I'm going to share with you as well. This is, this is, <laughs> now these are two different sources. And as I said, we don't do a conference call and I don't get picked out. God's doing this, Okay. You have to realize and understand that God is doing this formulation. He's putting this together. So in my other reading, going along with what I just read, it says, go gently through this day. We have to keep our eyes on God and keep our eyes on the Father. As he opens our footsteps and the paths in front of us, he will do that. And as we take the steps, trusting in him, believing and following, because remember this, brothers and sisters, that there's a, uh, in the book of Proverbs, let's go over here. And we're going to go to... <clears throat> Trust, this is Proverbs 3, and I'm actually going to start. I'm going to start in verse 1, 3, 1, because it's all relative and it's all about what I was saying. My son, forget not my law, but thine heart keep my commandments. Now he's talking, remember this, it's a translation and it was customary to direct thoughts and things to the man. But don't get your knickers in a twist about it. When I read it that way, I'm reading from the Bible and just translate it in your head that he's talking to both men and women. People find the silliest things to get stuck on and offended at. And I've heard people arguing, arguing, arduously, about the fact that the Bible always talks about men. They don't think before they open up, they yap and start arguing about it. 
Culturally and traditionally, back in that day and when the translation came out many eons ago, that men were the ones who were the breadwinners, predominantly the breadwinners, and took care of the family. And the wives had, the women had no problem with that. They stayed home and raised the children and did the house. That was what they were, that's what they were taught. That's what they believed. So those modern men and women that want to get all jacked up about being the way the wording of the Bible, just translate it in your head and quit running your mouth and belittling people for things that they do and believe. Just do it in your mind. It doesn't have to be openly spoken and being argumentative over. You're not allowing the Spirit to guide your words. Keep it in your mind. And don't get all agitated about it. Remember, I've shared this with you. As you think, so shall you speak. So you want to stay irritated and keep thinking about the irritation. You're going to speak that irritation out. And it's going to poison your heart. And it's going to detract from the word of God. Don't do it. Back again. Proverbs 3.1. My son, forget not my law, but be... But let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee and them about thy neck. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Mercy and truth. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. What is that, what is that saying? Are you understanding Having problems, let me see if I can't clarify and help you. What he's saying is that you you erase all that, the derisiveness, that hatred and everything. You take the goodness and you take the commandments of the Lord God. Keep those in your mind and heart because what happens when you start thinking about that wickedness and you start thinking about that repulsion, you start thinking that derisiveness, you think on it that gets embedded in your heart and then pretty soon you start running off of the mouth about the righteousness and belittling other Christians and that you're, and then you don't share the word. You don't share the truth. You don't share the wisdom and the knowledge. You start sharing lies and babbling deceit and derisiveness and, and then you just, you carry into that. It's the same thing. Where your treasure, so is your heart. Scripture says it differently. But where you build your treasure, where you store your treasure, there so also will your heart be. 
There are so many people that are wrapped up in money and sure the bill or the coins say in God we trust, but they get wrapped up in that coin and they get wrapped up in that paper currency and that's the import. And tithing to God. Oh, for crying out loud. Come on, people. Banks don't even give it to you that easy. The percentage that you have to pay back on loans is nearly the entire full amount that was borrowed against and 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 their increase that you pay that. Uh, see, this is why Jesus got so mad because you had the money changers that were, um, they were essentially doing exactly what the banks are doing. They charge you to borrow your own money. <laughs> essentially, that's what it comes down to. There's many that come in and, and some that, are are borrowing and it's their effort and their work and their diligence that put that up and then they're they they banks they don't want to let that money go they want to talk people into a loan we'll loan you the money and we'll use your credit that you established and everything that you didn't work for we're going to use that as collateral we'll owe it but then you're going you know you're going to have to pay this percentage and oh my goodness, the percentage rate is craziness. You're going to have to pay back the entire loan plus another 50%. And then they take that from you. Which is what really got Jesus angry because they went to the temple to worship God and to sacrifice to God. They were, they were following the commandments. They were following what they were told to do. But then you had the priests and you had the elders and you had those people out there. They hired these money changers and, and keepers to come in and they were taking people and convincing them that their sacrifice that they brought was not good enough, but they had to trade that in and they would give them an animal that was fit to be sacrificed based on what the the elders told them and then they blessed that animal and all these animals they went in and they did this uh, sprinkling of the oil and all this stuff and they had a whole pen full of them they didn't uh, anoint and bless each one they didn't examine it they just I kind of this is what I see the way they did it and they just sprinkled them all and they said haba daba waba daba and there they're all good and and then the money changers came in and they would convince a person. They said, oh, look, we found a blemish here. You have to take this one. But now in order to take this one, we're going to have to charge you because we had to feed it and all this stuff. And they convince or coerce the individual to pay that taxation or that fee. And then what they'd done, they, they, they had done, they took it even a step farther and they told them that the money that they brought to use in the temple was not good enough that they had to exchange it for temple money, special currency that they had stamped out with the church name or whoever the high priest was at the time. They put his likeness or, or just his name on it. And then they had to pay a percentage on that. So they exchanged them their money to put into the temple plate but they didn't give them even exchange rate. They gave them less temple money because they were charging them the fee for changing it. So that's what got Jesus angry because they were stealing not only from God because that money they were taking, they were putting it in their pockets and it belonged to the church. It belonged to God and it belonged to the people that were coming there anyway. 
Jesus became angry and he took a scourge and he whipped them out of the temple courtyard. And this angered the priests because, see, they were getting a cut on this. This is what angered them and drove them to uh, to plot against Jesus. This is one of the things. But the thing of it, they were stealing from God. They're ultimately going to have to answer anyway. They answered to God why they were stealing from him, stealing from his children the people that came to worship him, they stole from them, they stole from God, and they plotted to kill his only begotten son and drove him to the cross. Beat him nearly to death before they got him there. They got him there. I can only have an imagination on this. And God is sitting up on his throne, huge. Oh my gosh. Be intimidating just... Wow. And he's looking down. And the booming voice, as John describes it, the voice of many waters. And what do you have to say about stealing from my children, stealing from me, and killing my only begotten son who came for your sake anyway, and you killed him, belittled him, degraded him, renounced me, and you did these things, and now you stand before me and you cry out for mercy. And what mercy did you show those that didn't agree with what you said? What mercy did you show my son when you beat him and you turned him over the way you did? What mercy when he told you why he came and what mercy when you cried out to the Roman magistrate, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. What mercy did you show when that very same magistrate told you that he found no guilt in my son and he wanted to release him, but because you made such a fervor, and you cried out so loudly. And now you stand before me and you cry to me for mercy. At this point in time, I would have given you had you cried out for mercy before coming here. But because you refused to do so, you refuse to repent. And now you stand before me, it's too late. Why do I say this, brothers and sisters, and tell you? Before it's too late, this nation can still repent. This nation can still cry out to the Lord God and ask to be saved. And it can be done. I believe that it will be done. He's a man of his promise. God's got integrity. So much integrity, you got integrity to spare. God blesses because his blessings are boundless. There is no end to what God has to give and offer to us. No end. It is beyond all imaginations. We cannot fathom the depth of his love for us. We cannot fathom the reach of his truth 
and his mercies and his blessings. And when he blesses me the way he does, just by sharing. And I get back from someone. Sometimes I have them come say, I heard this the other day and I love this. I love what you were saying. That is a blessing for me. That's not a, I don't put that as a, as a feather in my hat and prayed around and say, oh yeah, I had four people the other day. I don't care. When I do this thing here, I don't, I don't read the analytics on this thing. I don't, I don't care about that. There's people that do these podcasts and they can make money by doing these things. I can get sponsorship for doing this and get paid for doing what I do. That's not what this is about. I am being paid. I'm being blessed by my Father God. I'm doing what God asked me to do because he saved my soul. He came and died on the cross for me. And the only thing he asked me to do in return is to share the gospel. To share the gospel. His truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom. Bless you, Father. Thank you. Worthy of all praise and honor. Abba Yahweh Amma. Eshua Aman. Barakritos Aman. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers on my going out and my coming in.